And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Well, this is the first time we've ever done this in the history of the show, but let me say that to the parents of our featured guests, thank you so, so much for having sex and conceiving your son, Mr. J.P. Spears. Metaphysical teacher, best-selling author. This is a gentleman who's teaching millions of people to liberate themselves, and he's doing it with humor. He's very funny. He's awesome. He just has a really great presence about himself, and I'm so thankful that he's on the planet. I want to let you know right away that the first few minutes of our interview, uh, there was a technical problem and it got cut off. So we're going to go right into the interview right now. But before that, let me tell you that you can learn more about JP by going to his website at awakenwithjp.com. Let us begin tonight's show. All right. So, Mr. Sears, you incorporate so much humor into your videos. And I love the one you talk about people being easily offended because I tend to, to I like to offend people. I feel like that you're, you're, when you, somebody's offended, which means that is an indication of something that was within them that needs to be challenged. So when you did that video, what kind of response did you initially get? And why do you feel it's important to, to kind of highlight that out? Yeah, you know, I think the response was a very warm response because I think the video portrayed something most of us are thinking yet. Nobody was really saying, nobody was essentially saying like, it's offensive how everybody's getting offended all the time. So let's talk about this. So I think when, in the, the, the deeper message that the video is trying to convey is when we're offended, and I'm talking about like the people who are out, kind of sewers of being outraged, getting offended all the time, just always trolling to find something to victimize themselves about through being offended. I think when we're offended like that, it's an opportunity to either see ourselves more or lose ourselves. But like the question is, which is it? Which opportunity are we taking? Am I losing myself more through just being reactively offended? Which is kind of like, uh, I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see, so I get angry at the mirror and I punch the mirror. Or being offended if we're willing to introspect and understand what are the deeper reasons inside of me, my insecurities that are causing me to get offended. If we notice when we're offended and decide to look at that, that's analogous to I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing more of me. And I think it's a great opportunity. So, yeah, it, it is very much a message that I wanted to uh, invite people to consider because I think it's something happening all the time. And one of the things that I I sincerely love is when people discover themselves more. That's called growth. What doesn't feel so great to me is when myself and other people uh, a disconnect from ourselves 
more as a way of avoiding our insecurities and pain. And I think that's what most people unconsciously are doing when they're getting offended all the time. So I wanted to put the video out so people would have an opportunity to actually introspect about being offended rather than just being in the superficial, symptomatic, emotional reaction of victimized outrage when they're uh, being offended. Jimmy, I love that you really do care about people. It seems like you're really trying to help them evolve and grow. What have been some of the biggest challenges in your life as far as your growth and evolution goes? What were some of the, the biggest parts of the pain that you, you've had to transcend and some of the biggest lessons that you've had to um, learn, endure, and overcome in your life? Yeah, I think one of them is simply connecting to my emotions, and I'm not even close to being perfect at that. It's something that is continually uh, a work in progress for me. But when I was a kid and then certainly into my teenage years and early 20s, numbness was how I dealt with pain, essentially dealing with it by not dealing with it. It's just like, oh, I, I don't feel it. I don't see it. So it's very easy to pretend it's not there. So I was very emotionally disconnected. And it's, it's you know, where I come from, it's very challenging to connect to painful emotions. It's very challenging to actually feel scared when I'm scared and to be mad when I'm mad and feel hurt and shame when I actually feel those things. Because I, you know, I learned to be afraid of my fear. I learned to be ashamed of when I feel ashamed. I learned to get angry at my anger. So it just didn't feel safe for me to have those emotions. But I think our emotions are a tremendous source of power for us. And but of course, my thinking that I came from was, you know, uh, the most of these emotions, they don't feel good. So they're bad for me. But I don't think anybody's actually ever been hurt from challenging emotions or even painful emotions. I think we hurt ourselves trying to avoid our emotions. So that, that's been a, a huge obstacle uh, for me to continually work on. And I think one of the realities that I've discovered is I just never feel like I'm enough. I never feel fulfilled. I'm always searching for more, you know, more status, more anything, more ego gratification when I'm not connected to my emotions. I think our emotional connection is a huge component that allows us to feel fulfilled from the inside out. Uh, but yeah, so that's a big one. And then, man, I, I think another one for me, it, uh, a big challenge for me has been learning to take risks. So like when my my heart is intrigued about something, learning to take a risk, even though like my, it doesn't make sense to my head. I don't know if it'll work out. It might be rejected. It might be stupid. But learning to take risks has been important to me. And of course, you can't take risks unless you're willing to be afraid. So becoming more connected to my emotions so that I can actually be more afraid so that I can actually take risks rather than avoiding risks as a way of avoiding my fear has been huge for me. I look at, you know, when I started making comedy videos, that was a huge risk in my eyes because I have this story like this would be bad for business and plus nobody will like them. They won't think they're funny. So it was a big risk for me to make them. 
And it was a big risk for me to continue to make them. It's a big risk for me to explore different subject matter with the videos. It was a big risk for me to write a book, a big risk for me to, I was just doing live comedy shows uh, uh, on the East Coast last week. Yeah, that's so that's like a new thing. That's a new risk. But each time I take a risk and give it my all, there is a new feeling of fulfillment and it, uh as well as achievement and creative satisfaction that happens. And dare I say that I, uh, I also grow from it. So learning to say yes to risk that feels purposeful to my heart has been a, a great lesson uh, that I've learned. So, you know, a big something I've learned to overcome and say yes to risk. What has been, what is most fulfilling to you? Is it the growth? Is it the helping others? Is there something within your life that gives you the, the what is the biggest thing that fulfills you the most and what is your main purpose you feel? I, yeah, man, there, the, the word most, you know, what's most fulfilling, that's challenging. So I'll give you a few and it's probably different at different times, but Certainly when I grow, that's very fulfilling. So I, when I learn to be more unapologetic with my voice, when I learn, you know, in deeper, meaningful things that I feel that I just haven't felt, but I express them and convey them through uh, oftentimes comedy, that's me growing. It's me learning more about who I am and what I stand for. And that's super fulfilling. And certainly connecting and creating are very fulfilling to me. And connecting, that certainly includes helping people help themselves, uh, making an impact on them. And, you know, half that's codependent, yes. And I think another half of it is is very genuinely uh, what I'm called to do. So that's very fulfilling and and, you know, creativity is making videos is creative. Uh, one, one of my creative outlets. So being creative, I've learned is very fulfilling to me as well. Now, when I'm watching a lot of your videos, <clears throat> again, the humor is awesome. I think that you're chasing through the humor, but there's an aspect about our world and it's called evil and it's called people who just do terrible things. And I think that this evil manipulation can be seen Within the uh, spiritual movement, I think sure. there are people who uh, you know pretend that they're holier than now, yet they're doing some evil things. But I'm wondering, how do you address that? How have you ever been able to address that within your videos, within your writings, about dealing with the negative aspects of our reality, dealing with the negative aspects of uh, metaphysics and spiritual development, yeah. when not every person you're going to come in contact with is having the best of intentions, where some people you may be in contact with want you to pay attention to them in order to pull your energy or to manipulate you. Yeah, 100%. What I heard you say and what I 100% agree with is in spirituality, there are absolutely predators. There there are tons of predatory tendencies that are sandwiched in sacred rituals. Now, here's the, the challenging thing with, with some people who are in positions as predators disguised as helpers, some of what they offer is probably genuinely helpful. It might be genuinely sacred. You know, otherwise it'd be easy to spot them. They'd just be the creepy guy with a big white van and an ice cream, uh, selling ice cream to kids. So I think, you know, it's very important for me to shine the light on 
that reality as I see it, because I think for too long, we've just been passive with letting this trump card be played. And the trump card has said, this is spiritual. I am spiritual. So we can't question it. You can't question my motives because they're spiritual. It's like, well, maybe not. You are a human being with an ego just like I have. An ego is all about self-gratification. And there are ways of gratifying yourself that can be at the expense of other people. So let's not let things be um, uh, off the table for questioning just because we use the word sacred, just because uh, you're a teacher. So... I, I think in, in various videos, I do my best to shine the light on some of that. I think some of my you know, my first comedy video, How to Be Ultra Spiritual, did a bit of that. I did another video called How to Choose a Guru. There was one I did on predatory shamanism called Using Ayahuasca. And then uh, I, I went deeper into it in the, the writing in my How to Be Ultra Spiritual book. So, yeah, that, that's something I have a lot of passion about, shining the light on shadows. Now, funny thing, funny thing happens, according to my delusional point of view, people who get insecure when they see those videos, you know, they might, ah, you, that's, that's not respectful to say, get a little ruffled, maybe offended. I dare say that's because you're seeing something in the video that you feel insecure about. Please take a look at it. Awesome. And and those of us who just laugh our asses off, we're like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that. <laughs> Maybe I'm guilty of it. It's like awesome. Like you're you're able to see something there without getting angry about the truth that you're seeing. Well, I, I love what you said about um, you know finding some great teachers and mentors. And I know that uh, apparently one of your previous interviews, you have a gentleman named Paul Check, and another one is John McMullen. How do these two individuals, why were these two individuals mentors to you, and what did you learn from them? Yeah, I learned a lot. So Paul Check came into my life uh, when I was 18. I started studying exercise and how can I help exercise, not only help people get into better shape, but help them get out of pain. And he has some amazing work in functional exercise. So I got in with that, and, and at the time I looked up to Paul, kind of like a surrogate father, kind of like he's this rock star. I've been watching him on videos. and So he opened up some beautiful worlds to me. Like the, the breadcrumb trail that got me interested in his work was exercise. And then from there, I got deeper into his work. and was like, oh, there's nutritional components here. Like, that's awesome. I didn't know really about this world. And then that got me into, like, emotional stress reduction um, worlds. And uh, and then from there is my passion started to really ignite for the inner worlds. Like, wow, emotional healing. Then I connected to the, uh, the man, John McMullen, who's been a significant mentor uh, of mine. So with both of these guys and in different ways, yet incredibly complimentary, I learned about aspects of myself that I didn't know about. And a lot of that had to do with my wounds and my emotional pain that I didn't know I was carrying. And I think our wounds and emotional pain, they, they are simultaneously two things. They are what hold us back 
and they are our potential for growth. So I think an unresolved emotional wound, when we're not dealing with it, it is scar tissue of the psyche that's holding us back. But when we start dealing with it, and like we feel the pain and we learn our lessons from it, easier said than done, but then that same emotional wound is now the catalyst that makes us grow. It's just like your wounded muscles are what makes them grow. You go to the gym not to build them up. You're actually breaking them down. You're wounding your muscle cells while you're at the gym. And that's what allows them to have the potential to grow and get stronger. So, you know, I've with John specifically, I did a lot of one-on-one work uh, with my own healing because uh, I have – plenty of blind spots and feel like, well, what do I do with these things that I can't see? And once I do see them, like, I still don't know what to do with them. So I did a lot of coaching with him and a lot of learning uh, from both of these guys how to also um, uh, uh, be a coach for other people, not to heal other people, but to help other people step into their power to heal themselves and grow and uh, live authentically. Sure. Are there any other teachers you're actively seeking? Is there anything specific about those two that you mentioned that resonated with you on the deepest level? I mean, what is it about those two that you love the most, and are you seeking other mentors of the same quality caliber? Yeah, you know, the I think what I loved about John, uh, John McMullen, is he's very intuitive. He He could see through the facades that I have that I didn't even know I have. So he's very intuitive and very compassionate. And I, I think Paul Check, he's very passionate. And, uh, you know, that his passion really ignited a level of passion in me for the human heart and soul. And then, you know, and, and I still love both of these guys till to this day. And I, I would say right now, I'm not necessarily seeking out active mentors in the sense of you are my primary teacher for now. Uh, maybe that'll come if if someone happens to uh, jump along on my path. But I, in in smaller doses, I do my best to learn from everybody. You know, like I, Tony Robbins invited me to be a guest at one of his events, and for four days, it's like, wow, I I just I learned a truckload wow. of him and went through a lot of change. And when I'm, you know, I feel very blessed where I'm. Uh, brought in to speak at a lot of conferences and some of these conferences are you know such high level innovative people in the audience and and then I get to interact with these people and learn from them whether it's a you know a a 10 second exchange while I'm on stage or a, a 10 minute or a 30 minute conversation you know in the hallways after the uh you know my stage time's over so and I, I, I love to learn from people who are risking living their truth. It's awesome. And anyone who does ayahuasca, which it seems like you've – can I verify, have you taken it a few times? Uh, yeah, I've, I've used ayahuasca once, and it was August of this past year. <laughs> okay. I've done it – my first experience with it is with uh, teacher Stuart Wilde, and he's like, come on, bro, let's do some ayahuasca. So I did, and – I think it, and I think it was amazing. It really changed my life. How did it affect your life, and what? How did your perception change because of it? Yeah, you know, and and I can't speak for what our ayahuasca experience is like. All I can speak to is what was mine like. 
And I would call mine a beautiful experience. And and to use even an abstract word, I would say it felt like a sacred experience to me. It was truly beautiful. I felt very connected to myself, very connected to kind of like what whatever's beyond me. Um, so, yeah, it was beautiful. But I will say this just to, you know, be as real as I can. For me, I didn't feel that it was a life changing experience. And, and, um, and, and I've started to look for patterns like I, with my fiance, Amber, she's worked with ayahuasca a lot. I mean, she's been a part of more ayahuasca ceremonies than I can count. And for her, she reports it's very much been a life-changing experience. And I look at other people who report like, wow, this was a very life-changing experience. And part of me is like, well, why wasn't it for me? And maybe the next time I use it, it will be. But I think what I see a lot of times is our first big thing, our first pattern interrupt in our consciousness we call that a life-changing experience. So I look at ayahuasca, my fiance Amber, that was like her first huge pattern interrupt in her, her psychological experience. Thus, she associates that with a life-changing experience. Whereas I, I would look at, say, my work with John McMullen, I'm like, well, that's my life-changing experience. So I think the, you know, what, whatever big impact hits us the earliest, that tends to be our life-changing experience. So, Anyway, just a little theory I'm working on, not to digress too far. I love it. And I'm always wondering, what is it about your communication style and the way you write and the way you present yourself that resonates so deeply with people? Because I feel that you're the type of individual who can transcend a lot of different belief patterns where a person will go, they'll watch some of your videos, and even if they're not into some of the things that you believe, they'll tend to, you'll, you'll captive their attention. I feel that's very unique. So what is it about, or do you feel that allows you to connect with people on a deeper level? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's not going to stop me from taking some uneducated guesses. I, I think part of it is there's a, a realness that I always want to come from. And that realness is coming from my experience. You know, I, I don't like to do comedy really on things that I don't have experience with or things that I don't respect. Um, so I, I think that means that I'm coming from a, a bit more of an experiment, experiential place that therefore makes what I'm portraying with comedy maybe a little bit re- more real, a little bit more recognizable to other people. And, uh, yeah, and, and then I think there's, there's an art to saying things that a lot of people are thinking, but nobody is really saying. I, I think that's a component of it. And, and then I think there's also just, you know, some entertainment components that happen to be authentic to my sense of humor. So expressing things in a satirical, dry wit and sometimes with a, a bit of a sharp edge to it. I think that's that's entertaining for a lot of people and, and the sharpness of satire can be attention grabbing. And when you are you've done a lot you know say say I notice that you keep yourself very much in good shape. Again at the beginning of the show it said that uh, you're basically um 
in shape, Jesus. <laughs> very funny. All right, just look, you, you, know, oh, you, you keep yourself very much in shape. And you can, How important is that? How important is it for a person to be in good physical condition? Do you think that has any direct impact on your learning capability, on a person's ability to grow and evolve? I mean, cause some people say mind, body, spirit, and some people are just in the, in the mind and spirit. Mm-hmm. So how important is that? Yeah, it, to me it's very important. And that's not at all like – we have to approach our fitness like we're going to be competing in the CrossFit games on ESPN. It's like, no, no, not at all. Like that's not at all my position statement, but I do believe there's an old saying, I don't know who the hell says it, but a lot of people say it. How we do anything is how we do everything. So I think when we're uh, into training our bodies, that also helps us develop our minds And I think there's a stone-cold reality to the more we take care of ourselves physically with eating good foods and being in pretty good shape with exercise, that gives us more energy. And the more energy we have, the more we can illuminate aspects of our mind that we otherwise couldn't go into. And and we also, I think, our work capacity when we're better conditioned physically and mentally and they just feed on each other the more work capacity we have which means we might take on bigger projects bigger risks more creative pursuits and we can also like work more hours before we reach a point of exhaustion now i'm not advocating everybody like go off gary vaynerchuk style and hustle for 27 hours every day like not what i'm saying at all but What I'm saying is our capacity to work without feeling like we're overworking increases. So there's a friend of mine, uh, Joe Polish. He runs a a, a organization called the Genius Network, just amazing people involved. So they're business people, and some of them are billionaires and just like super high-level innovative uh, people. And he he's a strong advocate to this group of high-level business people. Treat yourself like you're a professional athlete. Treat yourself as though you are the prized racehorse because you are. So I, I think part of the treating yourself like you're a, the prized racehorse is being very deliberate at taking care of yourself physically with sleep, exercise, and nutrition, and taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally with meditation, with comfort challenges. And and I think there's a balance because after a while, we like, okay, I'm training my mind and body eight hours a day, which means I don't have time to do anything else. So I think there's a sweet spot that we can all discover where taking – you know, an hour out of our day for exercise gives us a better return on investment where I can actually do, you know, instead of working for 10 hours a day, now I'm working nine hours a day, but I get a productivity level of 12 hours a day in those nine hours because I invested one of those hours in exercise. So I think there is a absolute return on investment that we find when we start treating ourselves as though we're the prized racehorse, that we are essentially the professional athlete, even though we might not be a professional athlete, but we realize like, yeah, my, my mind and my body is the money maker, if you will. And I don't mean just money and like, well, it'll make you money, even though it will, but satisfaction and contributing to the world. Mr. Sears, may we please ask you two more quick questions? Yeah, hit me, brother. Okay. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. First one is, serious. in our reality today, we seem to have a lot of things changing. We have traditional male, traditional female roles, and it seems that because there's this, I don't know, big push for political correctness and everyone's going to be equal the same, do you think that because the, the lines between traditional male and female roles and traditional characteristics and qualities of male and female qualities are becoming so changed and so different that it's actually kind of distorting spiritual evolution in one way because if you came into this reality to experience life to be like a woman and then you came to this reality to experience all the qualities to be for life to be like a man that you're not really getting all those because society is kind of changing things so dramatically different and blending what should be classified as traditional masculine behavior and traditional feminine behavior I was wondering your, what your perspective is on that yeah in a word no, I don't think it's limiting. But if if I was giving more than a word, I would say we are severely limited anytime we go by essentially what society tells us. So when we're living our life dictated by what society tells us, what a man is, what a man isn't, what a woman is, what a woman isn't, and now there's like no difference, and we are incredibly disserved when we go by society. So, but what I what I think is very empowering is what's happening with gender roles is we have more freedom than ever to make up our own damn minds. Like, what do I want to stand for? Like, what do I want to pursue? And I don't have to be limited because I'm a man or a woman. And, and I think that's important. I, I, I think we need both masculine and feminine energy expressions to a degree we we need the the passion of the masculine we need the compassion of the feminine but i think really deep down inside is really the seed of what needs to be expressed through me now and i i think the good news about what's happening in society is there's more freedom to say yes to what wants to live through us without shame involved but then I think if we start discounting what wants to live through us and we start to be hypnotized by what's going on in society and like, oh, should I be this? Then it's like, yeah, it's, we're, we're disconnecting from what's inside and just becoming hyper-focused on the whole generalization of society. And Mr. Sears, is there any word or affirmation that you say on a regular basis or a word or affirmation that you would share with people to say on a regular basis that would further empower them. And also, in addition to your book, How to Be Awesome Spiritual, 12 and a Half Steps to Spiritual Superiority, what book would you recommend yeah. that a person read? Yeah, there, there is a, a saying. Uh, uh, it's in the form of a question. I have it written on my desk right now. It's been on my desk on the same note card for four or five years and it's a question that says what wants to live through me and to me that's a question that evokes surrender creativity and it's something that violates my expectations and what i want in honor of connecting to what i need and what wants to live through me which i think is always bigger than my egotistical wants and what's going to gratify me so what wants to live through me I think the power in that question is asking it, not necessarily answering that with words, but answer or asking it. Then I really a book that hit me hard in the heart in a great way. It's one called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. 
spit. There's actually a series of books, but Conversations with God, book one by Neil Donald Walsh. And the, the title sounds a little bit dogmatic, and uh, but to me, it absolutely isn't. It's much more of a philosophical book than a book of any kind of dogma or religion. So the, the book really helped me connect with how to think, not necessarily what to think. Mr. J.P. Sears, metaphysical teacher, best-selling author. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We can learn more about Mr. Sears by going to his website, awakenwithjp.com. Also, highly implore you to go out and purchase his book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual, The Twelve and a Half Steps to Spiritual Superiority. And also, be sure to check out his YouTube channel. Look up J.P. Sears. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to laugh your ass off and grow spiritually. Mr. Sears, great honor to have you with us today. Thank you so much, sir. Brian, thank you, brother. You're very welcome. Joining us now is the Astrophenom, our astrologer, Miss Constantellus. We can learn more about Miss Constantellus and get a reading done with Miss Constantellus by going to her website at constantellus.com. Miss Tellus, what can you tell us about the astrological chart of Mr. J.P. Sears? Well, first off, Grand Fire Trine. Uh, that means that there are three planets in the case of his chart. It's actually a combination of um, Mercury, Mars, the Sun, and Venus with a in fire, Neptune in fire, and the Moon in fire. So this is the person who has energy to burn and to focus in whatever way he wants to. And it's an interesting combination because um, his um, he's in Aries with a Leo moon, that's the performer, and Leo rising. So with all that fire, he enthuses, he um, motivates, and he uh, is a performer with a purpose. Um, and I think that the YouTube videos are um, an example of poking fun where we have really gone to an extreme. Um, a guy who was actually a Tibetan monk wrote a book a long time ago called Spiritual Materialism. And that's what I was thinking about when I was looking at his chart, you know, revealing how the hip spiritual thing has become big business and was not necessarily intended to be so. Um, so he's a wonderful performer, and he has a, a point. He has a point with everything that he's doing. Um, I also noticed that he was um, saying, one of your questions to him was um, uh, about taking risks and what uh, what does he fear. And... Um, Everybody says, oh, you know, failure or whatever, okay. But in, in the case of his chart, he comes from a past life or many past lives of being a member of a group and even perhaps an anonymous member of a group. And this lifetime, it's center stage and shining on his own merits. So um, you would think he's very, very, um, he's handsome, he's got a lot of energy, he's got a lot of good ideas, he's got focus, drive, all sorts of things. You would think it's a shoe in what's the problem? But it really has uh, been a, an awakening 
to um, put himself out there center stage, and I think that that is one of the um, uh, it's not a reason one of the one of the charges that he is um, relating to people in in a way that's very uh, honest and not hey hey I'm on YouTube and you're not, and that's um, mm, not so common. But now. Do you, what do you think would be some of the, the challenges or things that could be holding him back based on his astrological chart? He has uh, energy surges, and then he's kind of flops on the couch and can't do anything. I mean, he, he doesn't know how to moderate all of his energy. And um, so it can be very rash sometimes. It can be very um, uh, scattered, like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that, whatever, uh, rather than uh, steady. So that's his 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 um, uh, charm and success, and also his challenge. And I would say he has um, fears, you know, kind of unconscious fears of, uh oh, if if too many people know me or know about me, something bad's going to happen. And um, that's a past life um, uh, inheritance. Is there any aspect? of his chart that would indicate there's an area of unexplored potential that he could be focusing on because you see he's very effective you know communicator writer speaker he's very engaging is there another area that he well, could maximize surprisingly his i think that he is a teacher at base and the way he uses his communication skills is to teach to lead to show um I'm sure he doesn't love school, but if he were to um, uh, study even an advanced degree, uh, he might, you know, like the, um, there's a lot of people in psychology now studying happiness. Martin Seligman uh, is, is one person, and that may be too tame for uh, JP, but, but he has the... Um, he, he has the ability to, to, to teach people in a large forum. And I'm sure right now it's a little bit too boring to him, but it might not be in the future. Miss Constantellas, the Astro Phenom, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and for your great analysis on Mr. J.P. Sears. To learn more about Miss Constantellas, to get your own astrological chart reading with Miss Constantellas, please go to our website at constantellas.com. Thank you so much, Miss Stellas. My pleasure. My pleasure. Joining us now is the clairvoyant cowgirl, psychic empath, Miss Lisa Kaza. We can learn about Lisa Kaza and get a reading with Miss Lisa Kaza by going to her website at lisakaza.com. Miss Kaza, what can you tell us about Mr. J.P. Sears? Well, firstly, I have to say I really like this guy. He, he's, he is he's, phenomenal. He's sexy. He's sexy. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, that too, but no, I just mean just in general. He is phenomenal in what he does. I'm telling you, the way that he says things, he's, you know, he looks and sounds so serious, so straightforward. And, but, you know, I don't know how he cannot crack a smile when he's doing these videos. And, and that I, it's, no, no, I just, I love this guy. I would really love, like, I don't say it too often. But this is one guy I'd really love to meet in person and to even have a chance to even work. He's he's awesome. I really like him. Wow. Um, Should we let him know that you're available? 
Hey, are hell. Yeah. Are you good? Well, you Why not? Go on any dates. <laughs> you have to talk to my husband about that one, though, if it's a date. We're going to start a new dating service <laughs> called Out of Limits of Truth Radio Show Dating. Okay, well, I'm not open to dating, but you know what I... My good yeah. Lord, Ryan, what is wrong with you this evening? Jeez. Everything. Everything's good like, God on me. Did you think of anything <laughs> about Mr. Sears as far as his past lives go? Well, I was going to, to, to get to that. Um... The first thing I'll say is uh, very old soul. Very old soul, he's one of those wise ones that I call. Many, many, countless, numerous lifetimes. So with that being said, I couldn't really focus, you know, too clearly on, on, on cause there's just too many. But the one that I'm being, I, I did catch more of a glimpse of is that it, there's very strong Irish, influence uh, Irish ties here and definite in the definite time of the ancient druids he was a druid priest working with you know the, the old, those you know old originally old religion old uh, spirituality um but his spirit goes even way beyond that i also see him as having been native american uh, a medicine man here and or um, the specific term i'm hearing is native elder and I actually find that really interesting because the way that he teaches people is actually a lot like how native elders teach. They let people, you know, kind of do their own thing. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, you're making a mistake, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to let you make the mistake first, and then you can come to me and talk to me. It's along the same lines, and they do use sarcasm kind of thing to get people's attention. And this is this is what JP does. So he's got a a, a wonderful way of, of teaching people. And <clears throat> excuse me, that's the next thing I got to say is that he's got a lot of reasons, or if people want to call them pur- uh, you know purposes for being here. And so, bottom line, it's he's here to dispel myths, reveal truths, uh, reveal illusions, um, but also you know not to take every everything in life seriously and to break people away from, you know, negative patterns and, or, or ruts, whether it's in their thinking or their behaviors, and whether it's self, self-awareness or, you know, on, on a more spiritual level. And, again, the way that he uses his sarcasm, well, as my native elder used to say, like, sar- being sarcastic is like cutting someone with a knife. Because it cuts you and it cuts you deep. Now, of course, you know, there's different forms of sarcasm. But each and every time, whether it's, you know, in the negative form of cutting somebody deep or to grab attention, well, sarcastic or, you know, whatever way you want to put it, it grabs that person's attention. And he knows this. And that's why he uses the sarcastic humor to get people's attention, to, to, you know, to make them focus. So, um, and you know what, I think that because of his huge following, I think that's excellent because he's actually kind of reminding me of myself too, especially when he talks about, you know, like the, the if you want to call them the, the fake shamans and the, um, the fake psychics even and that kind of thing. Me, I'm always on the lookout for them. I try to create as much awareness as I can. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, some of our... Oldest listeners may, you know, remember me talking about that years ago. 
And so he does the same thing, too. So he's here to protect these people because so many people are, you know, looking towards the spiritual side now. And, and more and more as each day passes. So he, you know, his spirit's wanting to protect them, but also educate them. And but one thing I have to say, too, I find it interesting. He says that in his um, interview that he, he's not, you know, I forget how he put it. He's not a healer. He's not healing. He just helps people uh, step into their own power to heal themselves. Well, JP, if you're listening, that's a form of healing. <laughs> so he's a very powerful healer and counselor. And that's what brings me to say next is that the first thing that I see whenever I look at a picture of him is Zora. And it's a very rare color. I'm, I got turquoise. Turquoise is the main color of his aura. <coughs> Excuse me. So what does turquoise signify? Uh, bottom line, it indicates a powerful healer and counselor, but more specifically, someone who helps others find their inner truths. So, you know, whether, like again, like I said, whether it's, you know, self-awareness or, you know, of the more spiritual side of being, that's what his spirit is all about. And, you know, breaking free of illusions and that kind of thing, whether it's, again, spiritual or within the person themselves. So, um, he's a very, he doesn't want to admit it, but he is actually a very powerful healer. He really is. And I, I was shown um, two animal totems that is uh, is our good English <laughs> that are helping him along his journey in helping others. And the first one that I saw right away was the coyote. And he's all about you know teaching about hidden wisdom. And of course he's got that you know developed sense of humor. But they also teach to you know not be tricked by um, you know deception. And, you know, like cutting, cut through those illusions. And again, like a, they're playful, so they're both the trickster, but yet also the teacher. And it's usually one who often, you know, resorts to jokes to get a point across. So that's, you know, that's JP through and through right there. That's, you know, who he is. So the, the coyote is showing that aspect of him. But so too is the second animal totem, and that's the owl. And owls, you know, it represents like a, having a deep connection with old wisdom and intuitive knowledge. And it allows the person who has this totem, to it gives them the ability to see what's usually hidden to most other people. So they, you know, can see uh, the true reality in, like beyond illusion and deceit. So that's what I got for, for Mr. JP, a very interesting guy. Like I said in the beginning, I would love to be able to meet him in person. He's quite the character. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he seems like a real cool guy. Miss Lisa Kaza, Psychic Kempath. want to thank you so much for your great analysis of Mr. JP Series. To learn more about Miss Lisa Kaza and to get your own psychic reading with Miss Lisa Kaza, please go to our website at lisakaza.com. Thank you so much, Miss Kaza. Well, thank you, Ryan. Hello, this is Ryan, host of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, here today to talk to you about three amazing individuals, and that is the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show Virtues, Carrie O'Connor, Lisa Kaza, and Constance Stellis, who've been with the show since the very beginning in 2014. I think if you sat down and talked with one or all three of them, they could probably give you some great insight into your life. First, let's talk about Miss Carrie O'Connor. 
Learn more about her by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor is a psychic medium. She's able to facilitate communications with you and people who cross over. She's able to see ours, read energy fields. She's absolutely amazing. Then we have the Astro Phenom, Miss Constance Dellis. Learn more about her by going to her website at constancellus.com. Stellus is able to read your chart, find out where you are, astrologically speaking, find out what's coming into your future for the next year. It's absolutely amazing what she does. Then we have Miss Lisa Casa, Psychic Empath. Learn more about her by going to her website at lisacasa.com. Lisa is going to give you the truth directly as it comes to her. It's incredibly intuitive. You're able to shine insight on your life, where you're going, maybe answer some burning questions you have. All three of these individuals are incredible metaphysical teachers. It's a great honor for me to know them. I love them all, and I think you will too. So I hope you get a chance to talk to one or more of them. And hear them every week on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR also are specialists in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com. 